felt very strongly that God was going to use this moment. Yes. He was going to use this event yes. to spark something in this county. I believe you're going to sort of in a, in a holy jealousy way, you're going to influence other men around you who also were believers and are going to different churches. And something's going to happen in your sharing that's going to catch them, it's going to speak to their hearts. And they're going to go back and talk to their leadership or whoever. I, I just see a, a men's movement in this, in this county. Because women will be more influent, men will be more influential than, than the women because we're we're the head of the house. And um, and I just pray that you would let this sink into your heart. I feel strongly that it's going to happen. It's going to. So whether you participate or not, you don't have to do anything special for it. Just be yourself. Yes. And you'll be in, you'll be interacting with other men, and things will just come out. So don't be afraid to talk about what's happening here. Because this morning, we were, <clears throat> we were in unity, not just in the spirit, but in our expression of love to him. Yes. And that's glorious. To me, that's glorious. Um, <clears throat> Galatians 2.20 is mine. That's a scripture that I was born again with. And I was a wild misfit so to speak. And uh, my life was anything <clears throat> but something that would glorify God. Um, I knew I was lost because I made fun of pastors. My dad was a bivocational pastor. <clears throat> and uh, I just made fun of Christians. I thought, if you're who you say you are, why aren't you living it? And uh, my wife knew that that's how it was, but she kept continued to go to church. She was born again when she was seven years old. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And uh, she prayed for me for years. She prayed that I'd get home safely every day. And she invited me <clears throat> that I, I would go to church with her every now and then. But <clears throat> excuse me, we were having a meeting at, at the church. Just tell you this quickly. We were having a meeting at First Baptist Church in, in Jacksboro, Texas. And a fellow um, named Paul Stevens from somewhere in Canada was preaching as the evangelist. And usually my experience was that those uh, twice a year events called a revival, which was basically, you know, another preacher come in, preach, and not see a lot of results and spend a lot of effort and time. That's how critical I was. I just, but my wife talked me into going and that guy that night preached on Galatians 2.20. And I remember I was sitting back about the seventh or eighth row and I was sitting behind a pretty tall, heavy set fellow, which was okay with me because I would just stick my head out every now and then to see what was going on. Otherwise, I was hidden. And so this preacher was preaching this passage, and he said, <clears throat> I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives in me.
in a life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And he said, there's only one person that's ever lived the Christian life. And he was a thin fellow, a long, bony finger. And he said, there's only one person that's ever lived the Christian life. And there's only one person that ever will live the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And I stuck my head out from behind that guy and I looked at him. And I got, went back behind him and I said, and I bet he's going to say, this is next phase and it's me and him. That's what I thought he was going to say. And it's me. I really thought he was going to say that. And he said, and that was Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's ever lived that's it. That's right. Right. And he's the only one that ever that ever will. Amen. And there's some of you out there that you've tried Amen. and tried and tried and you've made a resolution that you're gonna, gonna walk with Jesus and you fail yep. and you fail and you fail. You'll always fail. Because you're trying to do it and not letting him. Do it through you. That night was the night I was born again. Amen. Changed my life totally. And I knew church. I knew Christians. But I knew something was missing. Yeah. And what was missing was my total reliance. Yes. Asking Jesus to come into my heart as the one who would live his life through me. I had to cooperate with him. Of course, that doesn't mean I'm a robot. But um, I just wanted to put that out there to you to let you know where I'm coming from. I'm just coming from a, a, a place where well, I, I don't work for God. I don't work for him. I work with him. Amen. And that's different. Amen. And I, I get around people telling about all the works that they do and how proud they are of their works. And, and I, I'm glad for that. But where, where does that get you? But working with God, that's different. And and when we let him live through us like that, that's something else too. I, I want to talk to you for a little bit about the, the uh, discipline of gratitude. I know that may sound funny, but it, it gratitude is a discipline. But we find it in, in the in the word of God. The word in the word gratitude uh, is also, you find it in New Testament in Greek, and you also find the word thanksgiving, thanks, um, that same word. It, it's it's a, just an attitude of thanksgiving, a thanks, an attitude of blessing. And so that, that's what I wanted to talk about. Now, how is it, when we think of the Apostle Paul, how, how is it that, that a guy could get mobbed, could get robbed, beat up, unfairly sent to jail, and be thankful for all of it. But we know that he was. He was in the Philippian jail. See it. Yeah. But, but look, look, listen to this. I, I mean, there's a personal toughness in him. A personal toughness. Not that he, by his own strength, but whatever he was in, he would find thanksgiving and gratitude to God. Not for what he was in, but to God. And I'll repeat that in a little in a little bit. His personal toughness and joy amazed me as I began to read about the Apostle Paul. Second Corinthians eleven and verse twenty-three and twenty-eight. And uh, 
I think it, it will be up there in a little bit, but listen to what he says, starting with verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? He was talking about, he was talking about some false apostles. And he said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. He's saying, I am more an apostle of Christ. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of, of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Besides the other things that come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Can you imagine that? That the deep concern for all the churches, he lined up with all those other things, being sleepless, being beaten, being in the sea, being almost drowned, almost killed, stoned, and everything else, and his concern for the body of Christ. Now, this, this, is, what you, this is what you call a man, a tough man, that can be in those situations and still not turn against God and still be able to praise him in the midst of all of those things which he did. And his secret, I believe with all of my heart, was this one thing. It shows up again and again in his letters, and it is gratitude yeah. to God. Yeah. It is gratitude to him. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'll move through these rather quickly because we have them up here on the, on the screen. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, Paul himself says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now he says in everything. And you've heard this said before. He didn't say for everything, but in everything yes, yes. give thanks. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I, I just I, I think you can help me. I said, how is that? He said, um, uh, I, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. Mm. I have, I've asked God and asked God and asked God. And I don't know. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know for sure what you're talking about, but I can take you to a place in the Bible and it will tell you what the will of God is for your life. Now, there may be more to it than that, but I can give you a starting place in everything you thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Isn't that what it says? If that's what it says, then that means in everything, no matter what it is we're going through, that's what the Apostle Paul was saying. Yeah. I, I, I remember when I first preached this message back in 77, 78, and someone had asked me to go to Fort Worth, drive into Fort Worth from, from Grand Prairie and share at a, at a businessman's meeting. And it was raining cats and dogs. And I was driving an old car, bad tires. I got out on, on 30, the tow road. Had a flat. I went back to get the spare, change it in the rain, getting soaked in my suit, tie, white shirt, everything else, and the spare was flat. I mean, it was it was dead flat. 
I walked around there and I was so mad and I kicked the, that tire that was on the ground. And I, I, I mean, I, pu I pulled the, the, the spare out that was on the ground and I stopped on the, I was so mad. And God said, what did you preach yesterday? <laughs> and I stopped a moment and I said, yeah, in everything good things. He said, why don't you try that? <laughs> Do you know what? A guy stopped, picked me up, took me, had to, we had the tire fixed, brought me back, helped me put it on. And do you know what happened in the meantime during that trip? He was telling me that his wife had left him. He was telling me he didn't know where his kids were, yeah. that he got home from work, he worked all night, got home from work, and no one was there, and everything was gone. And he said, I don't know what to do. I said, are you a believer? He said, no. I said, I can tell you who to run to, and that's Jesus, led him to the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I remember that like it was yesterday, and I read, led him to the Lord right there. Oh, he was so happy. I said, here's my phone number. Give me a call. Let me know if there's anything I can do. And I took off for the meeting. And I got there just in time to speak. The guy called me back. He said, my life has changed. Oh, hallelujah. My wife came back. My kids came back. Got a fresh start. And we're all believers now. Going to church. I ain't, I'm telling you. The, uh, we, we don't know when we say, okay, in everything, with a tire, with it raining, stomping on the tire, and God said, hey, why don't you give me things? That's what we're talking about. Not thanks for, th for, for things, but give him things. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer, what? The sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, that is the fruit of of our lips. Would you say that with me? The fruit of our lips. Doing what? Giving thanks to God. What? Let us continually do this? You know, one of, one of the things that I learned about Judaism is that the really orthodox Jews have a continuous list of things they bless God for. That's right. They wake up in the morning and immediately bless God for the day. They put their feet on the floor and they bless God for the ability to get up yeah. and to stand on their feet. They thank God for that. And they go right through thanking God for the meals. See, we bless our meals. They thank God for their meals. Well, I don't bless I don't bless I don't bless the meal anymore. <laughs> I haven't blessed the meal in years. Yeah. I turn my thanksgiving, my gratitude to God for what's on my plate. And thank you, God, for this food here. I don't have to bless it. That's right. Some people bless it and bless the calories out of it. You know, bless the calories out of the food. Why did the Lord get it? That's, that's crazy. Thank God for the food, eat the calories, and enjoy it. I believe, I believe that gratitude, when it's expressed, is the gateway. Listen to this. It is the gateway to all the issues of our lives. I believe that if we can come into this place as believers, as a person who are identified in Jesus Christ, this is part of the work that God does in transforming us and conforming us to the image of Christ that is within us. That this is one of the things that we do. The gateway is coming into this place where we can say in every day, in everything, I will be grateful to the Lord because I think it is the effective pathway to God 
on the, I'm talking about experientially to God on a daily basis. I don't mean getting saved every day. I'm, I'm talking about walking in the presence of God. I believe it's a pathway. I believe that it is, it is practiced as a discipline. And that attitude, the, the attitude of gratitude, if I can put it that way, realigns us to the giver. It increases his activity in our life. I believe the more we give him blessing, the more we're grateful, as Paul was grateful in all of his life, I believe the more we do that, it aligns our spirit with him, the giver of life. Amen. You see, you see, I don't believe this is important. I think this is the most important discipline that we have, spiritual discipline that we can have in our lives. And so we just get up and think, God, this is a new day. It's a new way. It's a new whatever is going to happen. I, I'm just grateful that, that you're in me and I'm identified uh, with you. In Romans 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. For we know. And see, Paul, Paul's writing this stuff. This is the guy that went through all of that that we just read. So Paul's writing this stuff. Excuse me just a moment while I blow my nose. Would you mind doing that? I learned, I learned to, to tell the guys that the hard way. <laughs> I just pulled out my handkerchief, blew my nose, and blew out everyone. And said, I, I know, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then, then it says, um, um, Romans 8, 28, we know, we can almost repeat that, can't we? We know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. And who are called to those who are called according to his purpose. But isn't that a good verse? We know that all things. Could the discipline of gratefulness be the key to our lives? My daughter, unbelievable woman, as a child, Teenager. She's always had a hunger for God. Married. Married men who's after God's own heart. In ministry. Five children. Every one of them hard after God. A woman of example. She had a younger brother, three years old. He got married. He was went to Christ for the nations and went on the youth with the mission. Didn't, didn't spend all of his time with youth this mission. Came back home, divorced his wife, had a little girl, abandoned both of them. Waited until my wife and I were in Poland in order to make that change. He knew the day we were going to arrive in Poland. That's the day he walked out and left his wife and his baby. Went into the gay community. They called us, and back then, communication wasn't very good between countries, particularly the communist countries. It wasn't very good at all. You couldn't change your flight. I mean, if you, you were in there, you had, to, you had to get out of the country and get into a free country before you could even change your flight. But you had it set, you had to, you had to go with that. We, we, my wife and I cried the whole time we were in Poland. Got on the plane, came back, and we wept, and we looked and looked and called and called and couldn't find it. 
I got a friend of mine, and we drove up and down the streets of the gay community in North Dallas, hoping that we'd see him come out of a club or something like that. Huh. All drugs, shooting up, cocaine, everything else. I don't know if he shoot up cocaine, but he was shooting up something. But he, he tried all the drugs. And he has tracks of his own. And uh, my wife and I prayed. I called him every week. He had a job working as vice president of the bank in downtown Dallas. I called him every Saturday. And he had answered the phone. I'd never mentioned his sin. Just always said, how you doing? Love you. He always brought up homosexuality in my conversation. I didn't have to bring it up. He did. Okay. Four years ago, he came back to the Lord. Praise God. Totally in. Yes. Won't miss church. Yes. Goes to Bible studies. Yes. Goes to home meetings. Yes. He is, you talk to him, he's, his countenance, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's going on. My wife and I developed an attitude of gratitude. And every day we'd say, God, we want to thank you for my son. Yes. For our son. We thank you for him. And even though we don't understand what's going on, we don't know how it's going to turn out, we want to thank you. For, in the midst of this, we want to thank you. Yes. It, well, we're not thanking God for that. We're thanking God for God. Is that right? Yeah, thank, we're thanking God because he's God. And we're thanking him for that. And he came back four years ago. Me and he, the two of us are best friends. It is, it is amazing what's happened. 27 years thanking God every single day and on through the day thanking God for our son. Guess what? Here's a note he wrote me. And he wrote me this uh, over just a little over a year ago. May I read this to you? You don't mind? I don't, you know, you'll let me do it, won't you? Thank, thank you. Let me, I'll take this with you. I was out of the country. I had written him a love note. Just, son, you know I love you. And oh, oh, just encouraging him like that. And so he was, uh, he was about uh, 50, 51 years old, 52 years old at that time, 55 now. And so 51. And so he wrote me back and he said, talking about the note that I wrote him, he said, that makes my nose burn. He said, I feel the same way about you. It's as if we've recently been introduced to each other for the first time. And I really like the guy I've met. I feel like the devil tried to rob us of something really special. Seriously, I'm experiencing feelings and desires I suppose, I suppose most men have. I've just never had them before. For example, I've never been hunting in with you. In the past, I've always been okay with it, wanted nothing to do with it. I had invited him when he was 12 years old to go hunting, and he didn't want to have anything to do with it. But I said, I promise you, I'll take you hunting if you ever want to go. That's the reason he mentioned it. But it's taking hunting, and I have. And he got his deer, shot his rifle for the first time, a rifle for the first time. 
and he got his deer. And he said, I've never been hunting with you. In the past, I've always been okay with that, wanting nothing to do with it. Not anymore. I want to experience it all. I'm looking forward to your return for so many reasons, but most of all, just to hang out and to get to know you more. And it occurred to me, that's what I've said to my Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, <clears throat> Awesome. Gratitude, I honestly believe that gratitude led, led us on into other, the, 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 the other spiritual things that, that, that released, kept us aligned with God and released something in us. We know that all things work together for good. And I don't understand it, but right now, he's, he's saying, I believe that God wants to use me to speak to my generation, to his generation, concerning this, these issues that he's been through. And so I believe that, that this discipline of gratitude is, is, is what uh, God is wanting us to develop in our lives. I feel like, I feel like that, that if we practice this, that it does align us with him. Um, so, uh, oh, I did, I, I forgot, I got carried away and forgot where I was. I, I believe Paul understood that, that our emotions are linked to the ways we think. Yeah. yeah. Our, our emotions are linked to the way we think. Right. I believe Paul knew that. Thinking is, is right in both a grace from God and it is a discipline. It's a grace from God to be able to thank him. In, in everything, and, it, and yet it's also a discipline because it takes our attention. It, we, it takes a, a focused attention to be able to develop this gratefulness in our lives. Right. We, we have to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, go I'm going to do that. God said that is a discipline. We know the discipline opens us up to all other kinds of spiritual disciplines in our life. It is the king discipline, I believe, in, in an individual's life. So we say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. This practice, it takes practice and it doesn't come easy. Paul urged followers of Christ to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Isn't that right? Paul did that. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world. He's talking to believers. They're, they're already, the, the, the image of Christ is in them. Jesus is in them. And he's saying, you know, with Jesus in you, those are not his exact words. But don't be conformed to this world. Meaning you're not of this world. So don't try to be conformed to it, but be transformed <coughs> by the re <coughs> excuse me by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He knows that some, something to the mind. Renew the mind with the word of God, and then he also says in Philippians four verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Our one version says, think on these things. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I get thinking about what my conversation used to be like years ago. It was anything but the things that are lovely, the things of a good report, the things of virtue, the things of that are praiseworthy. <laughs> someone, all they'd have to do is mention something and I'd be off on a negative run. Mm -hmm. Just like that. And God said, no, I want you to come back to the Word of God. I want you to come back 
to what you're believing me for. Have I spoken a prophetic word into your life? Absolutely, God. I want you to go back to that. Have you read something in the Bible that, 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 that has really given you help? Yes. I want your mind to go back to that. Whatever things are good. I want your mind to go to the things more, that people do, that they do well. People that are virtuous. People that are walking with God. I want your mind to go to those things. I want your mind to go to the miracles that, that you've seen God do. Go take your mind to those things. It takes practice to do that. But come on, man. You've got a good pastor in this church. You've got a good church. You have good word put out to you. You've got a good, a good, a good men's group. You've got a county here that needs what you've got. Keep your mind not on the negative. Keep your mind on the positive, on your friends in the house of God, on your family, even the family that needs to know the Lord. Keep your mind on them by, by speaking blessing over, the, over them and blessing God for them in your, in your life. So what are, if we do this thing, it, I think that this Thanksgiving is not just private, just me, but I, like we did this morning, we were singing Thanksgiving to God. Yes. We were giving right. God gratitude. I think it's private, expressed, and that takes focus. I also believe lifting your hands, singing like we did, praising God, takes focus as well. Yeah. So when we do that, what are the results? I want to give you four results. I want to give four results of this. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, 47. That's the first result. Here it is. So continually, that continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and giving favor with all the people and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want to ask you something. If we follow this, do you believe the Lord would add to this church daily? Those who didn't say. The early church had an attitude of gratitude. They had an attitude of thanksgiving. They, they, you're right here, man. They, they were praising God, the simplicity of heart, praising Him. That's giving thanks and having favor. Then He has favor with all the people. They're not getting all involved in others. They're not talking about other people, not running people down. They have favor with the people. And man, people want to know what did you got? Where'd you get that? Yes. I don't know what. Yes. And, and next thing you know, That's God right. begins to add to the church multiplication. Right. So uh, salvation will be a result of developing an attitude of gratitude in our lives. Number, number two, Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Acts 16, 25 and 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. This is, the Greek word for hymns is, it means a, word of, a song of celebration in this instance. And songs of celebration to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. You know, they were in the inner part of the prison. They were in stocks, blocks. And they were listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and all the chains were loosed. I, I believe an attitude of gratitude brings deliverance. 
It brings deliverance. We just give it a try when you're in a tough spot. It brings deliverance. I heard a black preacher one time, an African-American pastor, uh, years ago. I wish I could remember his name. He was. Some of you might recognize it today if you heard it, but he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. And he was preaching along um, about this. And he said, you know, Paul and Silas were in jail and, and they began they begin singing songs and, and he, he, he acted it out. He said, uh, Silas turned to, to Paul and said, hey Paul, here we are. I mean, they're back, you know, we're bleeding and they've been beaten with whips and beaten with canes and everything else and locked in the stocks. And, and so Silas turns to him and said, hey, uh, let's sing a song, Paul. Paul said, that's a pretty good idea. Let's just go ahead. Let's make this a prayer meeting right here. Let's begin to sing. I, 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 I think maybe Paul didn't know how to sing too well, but he could sure try. And uh, so Sil he said, Silas, lead out and I'll join you. And next thing you know, they were singing, this is the day. <laughs> you know, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has said. And they all of them were listening. And he said that God was sitting on his throne in heaven. You know, the scripture says the throne is in heaven and the earth is his footstool. And, and this pastor said, and he, he, he listened over there and he heard that music coming up from that jail in Philippi. And it was so good he started the Lord started patting his foot on his footstool and then the earthquake came and fell free. He just brought deliverance to them. It's exciting. James chapter 1. This is the third one. Just got one more and we're through. James chapter 1 uh, verse 2 and to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. There's something about a spirit of gratitude that just releases the provision of God in our lives. And we can we can say, okay, I, I want this. Well then what we do is we turn to him and begin to give thanksgiving in everything. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Guys, listen, we're living in a fallen world. We're yeah. going how these people that say become a believer and all your problems are solved. Nah, I don't know where they get that. We have peace. We have the things that count. But we're in a world with all of these circumstances going on and people get fired and people get hurt and threats happen and sicknesses take place and all of these other things happen that's going on all the time. But he says in the midst of all of these various trials, these pressures, if, 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 if we'll just, if, when our faith is being tested, he said, let, our, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete because we count it all joy. 
Is that what it says? That's what the Word of God. I'm not just saying that. It's the Word of God. So when we get into the midst of it, like I said, about my son, count it all joy. God, I don't understand it, but I do believe it. The last place has to do, the last one has to do with the word wholeness. And we're, we're going to look at Luke 17 and uh, verses 11 to 19. There's quite a few verses there, but uh, I, I want us to, to look at those. If you, if you got it up there, if you don't, well, that's okay. Yeah. Now it happened that as Jesus, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. They stood afar off. You know why they stood afar off, far off don't you? It was, they were lepers. They, it was against the social law, civil law and everything else. So they stood far off and lifted up their voices. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that they were Jews or, or, or what. It does say one of them was Samaritan. They could have all been Samaritan. They, he was walking on the border of, of, of Judah and Samaria. That's where he was, on the border. And so they lifted, and by the way, they had, Samaritans have a faith too. They have a religion too. It basically came out of Judaism, an off-bred being of Judaism. But they had priests too. Anyway, that gives a little background. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when they saw him, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so as they went, they were cleansed. Um, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, He returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, do you remember how he did that? He fell down on his face. He fell down on his face. He gave thanks. There's that word gratitude again. He gave thanks. He fell down on his face. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Or made you well. That's the same word for whole. That Greek word well is sozo. You know what sozo? Greek sozo. That means made whole. What was leprosy? Leprosy is a disease of the skin. It would even take off noses and ears and fingers and, and everything else and these patches. And, 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 and the word it says that as they went, they were healed. The word healed is catharsis in that word. The same word we get catharsis from. The Greek word. What does catharsis mean? Purged. That means the leprosy just went away. He didn't heal them right there. He said, go. And as they went to show themselves to the priest, they noticed, oh, man, I'm no longer in pain. Look at this. Where did they go? I don't know where they went. But they didn't get it all. I can promise you that. They went to the priest, and the priest went through the ritual. It takes several weeks, I think. Went through the ritual for him to decree certified that they're healed they still had all the signs 
of leprosy that had been healed. But you can say what you want. This guy, when he saw that he was being cleansed, he turned around and ran back to Jesus and he fell on his face and he gave him thanks and Jesus said, ha, where are the other nine? He said, I'm telling you what. And he said to him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you so-so, made you whole. He didn't use the same word for, for catharsis. He didn't use the same word for heal. He used the word made whole. Now I've heard people say, say, say this, and, and, and you can take it whichever way you want to take it. I do. But some people say he made him whole emotionally every other week. And, and that, brother, that's eternal life. I mean, I'd go for that, wouldn't you? Amen. But you know, how about this? If he had lost a finger or lost a nose or lost an ear, and his skin would be turned back to normal, and he got his nose back, his ear back, his fingers back, that's what word sozo's whole. That means totally whole. It could mean that. It could just mean whole emotionally, whole spiritually, or it could mean whole emotionally, whole spiritually, and whole physically as well. But something happened when he began to give him thanks. And so I just want to—I want to leave you with with that. That I believe that Thanksgiving brings wholeness into our lives as well. Oh, of attitude of gratitude. We can thank God. I've got just another minute. We can thank God. Say, thank Him. Um, give me some more ideas. Well, let's thank Him. We had prayer this morning and, and uh, uh, Mary Ellen said, um, God, you who set the stars in their place and created the universe and this is great. That, I thought, she knows what gratitude is. Amen. She was talking to God about, about what our prayer time this morning. Wonderful. Well, well, God is bigger than our minds can understand. That's right. That's right. You know? Huge. To think that he could just just come back to this earth that he created that had been marred and found it in darkness and and he spoke light and he spoke life to the earth just spoke it what a god can speak like that and his words carry authority and power what about this did you know god can't can't think the way we think He uses words, uh, the uh, authors of the, of the Bible uses words like with understanding, like, like thinking. We couldn't understand God as revelation. If, if, if God thinks like we think, then he could think of something that he's never thought of. <laughs> because we can think of things we hadn't thought of. We will say, oh, isn't that cool? I've never thought of that before. You know, God can't say that. <laughs> he can't say, yeah, never thought of that before. No, right. he knows everything. You, you know what I'm saying? And when we begin to dip into God, to learn more about him, to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know your character. I want to know your, your abilities. I want to I know your love. I want to know, I want, I want to dig in 
I want to see what your attributes are in the Word of God. So that when I think of you, I can think of those attributes, how great you are. And I can give you thanksgiving. Because I know that whatever comes and whatever goes, you're going to work it together for my good. Yeah. Amen. And for your good. Amen. Is that right? Amen. So I say, I commit to you this whole thing of attitude and gratitude. Develop it. Let it develop in your heart. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. Father, thank you so much for this time. And I pray that we could just have that attitude. We know you're almighty. We know there's none like you. You know everything there is to know. You have all wisdom. You have all love, all truth. Lord, we thank you for being who you are. God, you are just beautiful. We want to honor you so much. Father, I pray that you would just develop this, these men into an army of yeah. men who are gracious and gratitude and have great gratitude, Lord. Men of thanksgiving and thanksgiving to you, thanking you for being you. We honor you so much, Lord. Father, if there's any here who don't know you, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. And if there are any here who has needs, Lord, I, I pray that they would find those needs met. And I'm, I'm asking those with their heads eyes closed. Would, if you have a need and you came here with a, with a real burden, a real need, um, would you just hold your hand up? No one's looking. Anyone else? Yes. Any, any more? Yes. Any more? Yeah, you can lower your hands. Any, any more now? There's another one over here. And you can just put your hands back down after you raise it. Yeah, over here. ask you to do something. I'm going to take some liberty here a moment. Let me ask you to do something. Those of you who raised your hands, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you, but there are men here who can help you and can speak into your life, can pray for you. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you to stand if you held your hand up. And men will look around and they'll see you standing and they're going to rush to you, and they're going to gather around you, and they're going to pray for you, and pray for that need. Does that sound like a deal? It really does. And men, you can look at me, but guys, if you look around and you see a man standing, will you go to, will you pray for him, and pray for that need right now?